0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE.
1: Hello and welcome back to 49 Unbeaten, the official Arsenal Battle podcast. This is episode 11. I'm once again joined by Dan and Ben. Uh, Thanks for coming on. And today we are going to review Arsenal's January transfer window. Um, Initial thoughts, how do we think we did this window before we get into in and outgoings? We happy overall?
2: Yeah, very. I think uh, it's been a very positive window. Um, Unfortunately, previous January transfer windows, we couldn't really say the same sort of thing. But with the limited funds and the limited... um, Uh, things we had to well resources we had during the window I think we did well with what we had and we've gotten rid of a a lot of uh, so to call Deadwood so really positive to get that out and then a couple of uh, top quality incomings in uh, Odegaard well we hope he's top quality and then a solid backup keeper in Matt Ryan so I think uh, we could have probably um, gotten a left back that's the only small thing but apart from that pretty happy I think that it was definitely a good window for
0: the club um, maybe more so than you know the starting 11 you didn't see a sort of party Gabriel sort of signing that imme- immediately walks into our side um, but then I, I, you wouldn't really expect to in January uh, I'm glad we dodged all of the Ericsson Isco sort of links that we had um, because that really would have felt like another backward step when it's quite clear, you know, we're trying to move forward without signing all these inflated players on high will probably have been a six-month loan on ridiculous wages, uh, whereas, you know, Erdogan's on much less and has something to prove. It's not really a holiday for him, I suppose. So it's good to see the nice change in direction when it comes to who we're targeting, I think.
1: Yeah, it was... In terms of incomings, we only got three incomings uh as we said Odegaard and Ryan both in on loan and Omar Rekic who we I think was almost basically done in the summer mm-hmm. but we just couldn't get the paperwork done in time so confirmed that um I think both of both as we said just important players and areas we needed and it's we're not dislodging anyone like Smith Rowe it's a loan if it works it works if it doesn't it's no detrimental cost to us really um I think we always thought this would be more of a departure window for Arteta, sort of seeing who he could get out and players that he he didn't really see as an Arsenal future. So Ozil gone, contract cancelled on a free. Mustafi's gone on a free. Socrates has gone on a free. That was that's really important, especially with two of those making the registration. Kalatinac Kolasinac's gone out on loan, Saliba's out on loan and then with the commitment I was a bit surprised about that he let go, just in terms of squad depth and then Saliba's gone on loan to get experience Macy's gone and then Ballard, Smith and Medley have joined out on loan as well um, most of those not really playing a part in the team how do we feel about letting some of those youngsters go?
2: I think that um, the Willock and Maitland-Niles one as much as it might be a step back for the squad as far as like depth is con- con- um, concerned i sorry um, I think it's um, it's good for them as individuals I think the the Willock one I think is a really good uh, in my opinion it's a really good loan for the kid um, I think he'll do really good at Newcastle hopefully he'll get lots of game time but then Maitland Niles one, um, my one worry and concern is are West West Brom a team destined for the championship? And is that going to affect the player's um mindset, mentality? And uh if, if it's a negative experience, will he come back and like not be the same kind of player or will it will it put him back a few steps? But um I think it's it's positive overall. And we do hope that um, they will come back after playing lots of games and be ready to make an impact on the first team.
0: Yeah, I, I agree a lot with your um, Maitland-Niles point, I think. Because he was, he was linked with Southampton and Leicester. Um, yeah. But it did really seem a case of him wanting to try his hand in central midfield. But, you know, he's played a handful of games for us there and looked relatively promising, uh, but also not quite up to scratch. And whilst West Brom are giving him we would assume the opportunity to play in midfield, otherwise you wouldn't think he'd join them. Um, it is under, you know, Sam Allardyce, who is renowned for playing the completely different style of football to what Arteta wants to play. And so well he'll get a lot of minutes at Premier League level, it's whether it's the right sort of learning that he needs. But I suppose any minutes, good minutes, you know, if he comes back and excels in central midfield, it'll be very useful for the club. But one player I did, I was surprised not to see go out on loan was Rhys Nelson.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I thought he, we've heard a lot about him, you know, doing well in training, really impressing. But then every time it seems to be like an injury setback or, you know, a concussion that prevents him from playing. And now with Saka, Pepe, uh, Martinelli, Bamiang all able to play on the wings you think that Nelson's sort of not really ready to play regular Premier League football. When when you consider we're in knockout stages of the Europa League and out of the FA Cup, I can't see many avenues for him for getting, you know, any substantial minutes.
1: Yeah, I was surprised at that one. I thought of all of the youngsters that you think would be available for loan, not getting minutes, he'll be the one that needs it most. Because uh, Willock Will sort of come in and out and so is... Merton Niles, and like you said, there's no real opportunity for him now, we can't play him in the cup games and you're not going to play a weakened team in the Europa League if it's a competition you want to win Um, mm. Interesting with Merton Niles do we, like, we turned down an approach from Leicester for him because we consider them divisional rivals, was that the right thing to do if like in terms of player development, do you think he would have been better suited to, to Leicester and we should have like he wouldn't been able to play against us, so he wouldn't have caused us any real harm.
2: I think with um, it's just picking up points, isn't it? Like if he helps them, like he's a good player, and if he helps them play well to, to move up to that that next level, I can understand Arsenal going, hold on a second, we don't want to directly strengthen a rival in this uh, battle. But um, the Southampton, I think, would have been a good move. But I believe the from what I heard, the only talking points were, um his role would be back up to Ryan Bertrand in that left-back role. And obviously Maitland-Niles wants guarantees of playing in centre midfield. So um, I think I, I think in some ways, Arsenal may have preferred him to go to Southampton, but the player, it might have been something where the player went, I want to play in centre midfield, so I want to go to West Brom. And regarding the Reese Nelson situation, I think... Um, I heard there was like late interest from Valencia or something, but um, in the end it just kind of went to all too little too late. So um, I think we, he will provide some depth and hopefully in, he, can, he he's still a top quality player. He can be integrated into the team along with some other um, first team players. And um, he's, he's going to be a welcome asset still to have in the squad. But um yeah, with with the Maitland-Niles one, um, I think West Brom in the end might have just become a more personal decision for him.
1: It's, it's a weird maitland f- isn't it? Because it's he's been in the last couple of England squads. Yeah, it's I can't I can't see where he fits in to the England team now, considering how well Luke Shaw's been playing. You look at that midfield; you've got endless options, barring mm. an injury to Henderson, Dyer, uh, Rice winks he's not going to get into our England in the midfield do you think he's concerned about his England future or is it just now about getting minutes and maybe looking for move elsewhere why he's gone out on loan to West Brom especially if he's got field role
0: prob- probably a bit of both I mean I can't see him with a future in the England squad apart from maybe as a option for versatility you know he's able to play if, if Southgate persists with a 3 2 that he's playing He's able to play on either flank or in the middle. But, you know, it, he doesn't really make any of these positions his own. And I think his be- I think honestly the best option for all parties would have been if we sold him in the summer when his stock was at its highest. You know, we were getting 25 million from Wolves or whatever it was. I think that the difficulty he has now is he doesn't want to play where we want where we would play him. Yeah. He fits really well into a back three that we don't play anymore. And he's not quite good enough to play in a double pivot or we don't and we don't play midfield three at the moment. So it's a case he's not really got any options to play when we play our first choice eleven. So there's no way for him to be like, I'm going to battle for this position because he just doesn't really
2: have the right qualities at the moment to play in any of those positions. I think Maitland Nolas needs to focus on getting into to Arsenal's starting eleven before he thinks about getting into the England squad again. I wouldn't be surprised if He's now not called back up for a while. Um, Obviously, nothing against him, but um, I think Saka will be straight into that um, call-up. But at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets taken to the Euros along with Saka because, like you said, versatility in a long tournament where people are going to get injured, if someone can fit in a number of positions, then it's going to make him even more um, appealing to the manager to take him with him. And who's to say, if he doesn't have a good end to the season with West Brom, that he could make that England squad um, alongside Saka and, well, obviously Rob Holdings is a conversation to be had. But, um, yeah, I think um, he needs to focus on getting into Arsenal's eleven before he thinks about um, potentially getting in the England squad.
0: I I think if he has a really strong end to the season, then there's almost more onus to pick him because of how congested the fixture list has been this season. So you look at somewhere like Villa and you've got Grealish, who'll probably play 60 games before he even sees the Euros. And we always talk about players burning out for the World Cup and for European competitions. This season, it's even worse. And, you, you know, you, you, the people that are being regularly rotated, so you look at Foden and others like him, and then you've got people who will be coming good towards the end of the season who maybe haven't played as much at the start or, you know, have been out for a period of the season
2: and a fresher coming into the Euros. I think it, it could actually benefit be him. James Madison will be one of them, I think. Uh, I think him and Greedo should be really exciting um, in that midfield, if they're fit. But, um, yeah, like you said, yeah.
1: So, in terms of outgoings, permanent outgoings, we've sort of touched on a couple of those more senior ones. How important was it to get out, especially Ozil and Socrates, considering they weren't registered and... Something, something seemingly happened with either Arteta or the hierarchy. It was, it was crucial we got them out and saved the bear money on them, at least, isn't it? Mm,
0: I think even more so with Ozil, because he is, you know, the club's highest earner than Socrates, who was, from most accounts, a pretty model professional throughout. Yeah. Um, but the, the problem is, as soon as you've got players, you know, like Urzel who aren't playing, there's going to be questions when you don't do well, and it sort of dogs the squad and the starting eleven. You know, you're looking around and thinking, would Ozil improve this squad? You know, and you've got every fan asking the same question. And when there was no real clear, well, no, no real clear reasoning as to why he was dropped, everyone cites oh, the the Arsenal um, team at site like footballing reasons, but you know, there's a lot of other stuff that may have happened or may have not happened that we don't know about. Lots of conspiracy theories, and I think it was really just damaging like the club, yeah. And now they can all push pull in the same direction for the second
1: half of the season. I think pre Smith Row, there was a lot of that. I mean, in terms of pre Smith Row, that out like him getting starting 11 and bursting onto the scene almost, there was a lot of questions as you're clearly missing a midfielder because like that attack, attacking midfielder that can. Sort of put out into that space and find the pass. As to that's the that's what he's known for. Um, you sort of knew he'd leave at some point. He always insisted he'd stay to the end of his contract. Um, it's a hefty hit, almost we think, in terms of either the payoff or contributing to his wages. But definitely worth it in the long term. Um, actually is a weird one, I think because he he was almost set to go in the summer and last minute it didn't happen. I I almost would have kept him just considering the T&E, the run of injuries he's had, even the little ones. It would have made sense to me to almost keep him as a backup. Were you surprised to see him go out on loan? Especially with T&E injured.
2: Arteta said in, um, in some sort of interview because of the form of the team, a lot of business that was going to be waiting until the summer had to be brought forwards and done now. And potentially that Kalasanach one was one, but um, I definitely, I don't think it's the worst decision. He was on very high wages, reportedly about 110, 120,000 pounds a week. Um, And those were definitely wages that we needed to get off the wage bill. Um, And Socrates, he was on high wages as well. And obviously we don't need to speak about Ozil. We know how much he was on. But um, I think something that probably isn't mentioned enough is that uh, with those wages off the wage bill and obviously depending on the financial situation at the club, we will then have a massive asset going into the summer to hopefully go and splash some money and get some big players in because that's what, Ozil, 350000 Socrates was on around £100,000 a week. Kolasinac, same again um and then mustafi as well he was on high wages um those that that's enough for maybe three four fairly decent quality signings so hopefully i don't think we need to spend bringing in loads of people but one or two top quality signings and definitely a left back yeah. um would be would be brilliant for the club um but yeah i don't think we're in a stage where we need to massively uh buy lots of players for a rebuild i think we're we're kind of um, nearing um, a very strong team. And if it's not for injuries this season we've had, like you're starting to see now the full strength of our team. Tierney's in there now, as well as that party shaka um, pivot in the middle. Um, it just causes so many problems and potentially right-back as well because Bellerin's been a bit hit and miss, unfortunately, this season. Yeah.
0: got with... Um, with the left back, there were rumours that we'd uh, we'd had a late approach for Barcelona's Junior Firpo turned down, which I saw, and there were lots of rumours surrounding us with Patrick van Arnhol and Bertrand on deadline day, none of which materialised. But I think you're right in that it is a bit disappointing to see Kalasenac leave, in so far that he is a left-footed left back, which you know we've seen is important for Arsenal and the way we try and play out from the back. Um, but as a player, you know, he was so error-prone and he was so often out of position um that you'd, you'd almost be happy to let him go. But I think we definitely needed to bring in some cover, no matter who it was, Yeah, just a bit of cover on the left so that Cedric wasn't trying to cover both flanks, especially when Maitland-Niles going out as well. Is,
1: yep. is someone like Van Arnholt or Bertrand an opportunity in the summer? Or considering the budget be... Almost expect we have considering the wages. We look at someone better. I don't want to insult them, but because they're playing, they're not playing at European level clubs. Mm. We're potentially looking at someone in the summer more high profile than maybe a January signing stop cap.
0: I don't I think, think we need a- on a free would be a pretty good, uh, a pretty good option. In the you know his contract will run out if he doesn't sign a new one. And within the parameters that we're trying to work in, which you assume fundamentally we're getting 11 very good players on the pitch and making signings to that end, having a left back with bags of Premier League experience, you know, it wouldn't be the worst decision in the world if we decided we wanted to go and spend elsewhere. It's a bit like uh, when we signed Cedric and Pablo Mari last summer, uh, last winter rather. It was a case of they're not going to start and we know they're not going to start but they are good players to have for cheap as backups.
2: Yeah. And with um, I think Bertram would be a good signing. Um, Van Aanholt again would probably be a very good signing as well. But I just think we in the summer will need to prioritize our cash flow to potentially like as in spending big in um in other positions like attacking midfielder, we're gonna make a decision, will we keep Erdegaard? Will we keep Ceballos potentially by by those players from Madrid? Yeah. If we don't, we need to buy an attacking midfielder, probably some more midfield cover. And then I think there might there might be a big decision to make on Lacazette. Do we keep him? Do we replace him in the summer? Um, and it, it all comes down to how well he plays between now and then.
1: Saliba um, out on loan back to France was almost a given, I think he... We knew it was coming, disappointingly didn't get into the squads. Um, I, think, I think good for him just to get maybe some experience, get time back home. Um, in terms of the other youngsters, Ballard, Smith and Bedley, both all, all three out on loan, before and now at different clubs. Are we Are these sort of players for the future or are we almost just stockpiling these youngsters and hoping someone comes in for them? Because I think Matt Smith was on the bench for the FA Cup final, wasn't he? Yeah. Didn't get on, and, <laughs> but still got a winners' medal. I was excited about Zek Medley a couple of years ago. I remember that. I think it was like one of our, our first Euro Billy campaign looking to give him opportunities. Didn't really come through, and now with the signings of Gabriel and Saliba, both young centre backs, almost limited his opportunities. We, he's very tall,
2: isn't he? He's absolutely giant, isn't he? He's a 6'4. Yeah, really right.
1: yeah. So I think, is Zek Medley someone we'd like to have seen given an opportunity, or is he someone that we think is, is going think, to kick it on in the summer?
0: I think he's someone who has some potential, especially you know as a left footed option on the left, You know, with, with Pablo Mari and Gabriel currently the only two that you'd really say are Arteta's choice. Zach Medley is someone who can definitely come in and stake claim for a backup spot at least. And if not, you know, there are a lot of teams that will pay a premium at the moment for a defender because he's left-footed, you know, with with the way everyone's trying to play out from the back these days. So I think there's definitely potential for him to either challenge for a place or be sold for a decent fee. Um, And I think it's really good for him that he's gone gone on loan to a club that's, a little bit higher stature than yeah. he was at previously. It's good for him to get himself in the shot window, I suppose, if we say there isn't a
2: future for him here. Yeah, I think he needs to um play well he uh play as many games as possible. I can't say I know much about him. Um obviously I know I've seen him in and around the first team setup in some like of the League Cup games uh and like pre-season games, but he's um He's been around for a while now. How, I'm not sure how old he is, but he's, um I, um I think it's getting to the stage now where he could go out on loan again next season, but I don't know if I could ever see him actually making an impact yeah. for the Arsenal first team. I hope he, eats my, he makes me eat my words and he can, he can he can do something, but um unfortunately I don't feel like I can see it and he could potentially just be sold and just be another product of the academy that moves on.
1: You, you've seen that as well, haven't you? You've seen, uh, I think, Semyo was on our books. He's, now he's gone on lower leagues and made his way back up into Premier League. There's a lot of those sort of players, and he very much could be one of those. Um, how do we think our transfer window went in comparison to everyone else? Because I think there's a case that we won the transfer window. <laughs> just in the sense of who we got out and the amount of players we did manage to get out. Because you thought maybe if you got Urzu out and Socrates, that'd be fine, but the players we managed to get out, the wages we freed up, is there a case that we won the transfer window, or, or is, or is it a bit of a stretch to say signing Odegaard and Ryan and getting rid of some of your senior players? Not really enough. I, th-
0: I think I read a, a stat on the BBC that there have been something like four permanent deals made ahead of deadline day. And it made it made it something it made it the quietest January window of all time. And mm-hmm. I think that being able to do what we did within the parameters of what we had both going on globally and also, you know, the financial problems that we know Arsenal are in taking out the loan at the start of January yeah. and knowing that Urza wanted to keep his contract running down until the summer and then move on a free. Although we didn't get any money for these players, their players that were essentially just tarnishing any idea of Arsenal. You know, when you thought of Arsenal, Meza Ozil and the contract came to mind almost, you know, at the same time. And it's one of those where I think we can definitely make a case for us having won the transfer window and set ourselves up well
2: for the summer. Although we need to capitalise in the summer, which will be a far bigger window, we hope. Yeah, the amount of wages financially we've cleared off the wage bill was like humongous. And hopefully in the summer with these some of these loans being made permanent, um, we can really um, start to free up the money and the funds. So definitely it all depends on who we sign in the summer, I guess, in some ways as to whether we want it. But um, we're seeing so many of these new loan deals with options or obligations to buy or not even that, just loan deals. And then clubs will talk at the end of the season. Um, It's now becoming a new kind of thing that's evolved into the transfer market. And with the whole, Um, Corona, coronavirus pandemic as well obviously we're going to see even more of them so hopefully clubs will start to get some cash flow back in into the summer and into the start of next season we can get fans back in um, absolutely buzzing for the day you can go and watch a football match again (laughs) Um, but yeah hopefully we can um, I do think we we have there's definitely a case for us winning the window and then uh, yeah definitely
1: So overall what would you give our Business. What racing would you do a business out of tech? How
0: how well have we done? I'd say seven or eight.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. I'll go. I'll go in the middle. I'll go seven point five. I think we addressed some key issues. You know, we needed a creator midfielder. We bought in Erdegaard, who is a lot better than I, the sort of caliber I thought we could attract at the start of the window and the sort of profile I thought we could attract. Um, the goalkeeper, I didn't think we were going to address, but with Von and the way he's been playing, we clearly needed um a better backup. And Matt Ryan's got plenty of Premier League experience. Um, you know, coming on alone, he should be absolutely fine. It's not it's not a signing you want to shout about, but it's also, you know, just dependable, you'd hope. Yeah. Um and then the outgoings obviously have been brilliant, as we've already touched on. The only reason I wouldn't give it higher than sort of 7.5 is I think we've desperately missed out on getting a left back. Uh, especially with letting Maitland-Niles go, who can sort of cover there. We've now only got Cedric and um, a youth player, Joel Lopez, who can play there uh, behind Tierney. And we know Tierney gives 110% every game he plays and it often has adverse effects,
2: especially in his Arsenal career so far. Yeah, I'd I'd, I'd agree with you that um, it's been a very, very good window. I'd say probably, I'd probably push up to an eight, 8 out of 10. Um, But yeah, like you said, the left-back position was uh, the one negative and Maitland-Niles' loan could prove to be a negative, but we'll wait and see on that one. We hope not. Um, But uh, yeah, I'd say 8 out of 10. Solid window with what we had and the resources that we had to our disposal. I think we did the best we could do.
1: I think it sets us up very nicely, like you said, for the summer. I think the option, the relationship we have with Real Madrid's, it's seemingly <laughs> proving quite fruitful we've got some from them we've got odegaard from them there seems to be a relationship there hopefully that we can continue to grow and depending on how old well odegaard performs make it permanent or get him in for a, a full season um that was a crucial signing i think when we were being linked with ericsson or isco i wouldn't have minded but it's like uh, what 30 31 i think ericsson is is it yeah, really
2: fighting isn't
1: he? Yeah, is it really worth it? And its exposed, like would he move? Um Wendia was the only one I sort of would have been content with. But I wouldn't have been excited by him and it would have cost a lot of money. So I think yeah. Odegaard was for the age he is, the talent he is that we could get him in is brilliant. Ryan is a Premier League experience keeper. He's better than Arsenal already and he's not played for us. So <laughs> I think I think that's a good signing. And I think getting rid of Erzul Mustafi could have actually Socrates, and you can arguably throw Saliba in there just because there was a bit of a dark cloud over him at the club and almost tarnishing the club a bit for potentially wasting this talented young defender. So I think over, yeah, I'd say I'd say an eight as well because it was just a, it was one of the best windows we've had in a while. I think yeah. mm. just in it's, terms of it definitely beats.
0: Kim Kallstrom and Dennis Suarez-style <laughs> windows. Or the
2: one she where we, we just got Petr check.
1: Yeah, <laughs> only. But apart from that, I think it was a very good window. We did a lot better than some of the clubs. Some clubs didn't even make signings, so I think we've done really well there. And hopefully they come useful. I really hope Matt Ryan is fit for Villa, because if he's not...
2: He's
0: not training yet. <laughs>
1: I don't think he's going to make it. It's going to be. No, I don't
0: think he is either.
1: Um, but he's been dropped from the Europa League squad. It's only, it's only Matt Ryder and Leno as the first team keepers. So if, if Leno gets injured again, it'll be Matt Ryder in the Europa League. Um, that is it. We have overall, I think, given ourselves an 8 out of 10 for our transfer window, which is very good. We will be back tomorrow to preview the Aston Villa game. I don't know how I feel about that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not not as confident as I was getting into Wolves. But uh, for the time being, make sure to like, subscribe, share this and join us again tomorrow for our Aston Villa preview. Thank you and goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.